1: I own, and I recall the word with the glimmer of hope, of a purpose beyond everything that I've known, while walking down life's path, singing out life's song, I'm going to sing to myself. Sing to myself and a mind you mind. she comes right there as you turn around. While walking down life's path, singing out a life song, I'm saying to myself, Allah Machabah, Allah
2: Machabah.
1: Yeah
3: I am a do
0: in the A.M. Good morning. It's a Wednesday, Rosh Chodesh morning at ninety-one point one FM, ninety point one FM in the Catskills, Rockland County at ninety-one point nine on the FM dial. Around the world in the web, jmtheam dot o r g. And um, Wednesday, January the twenty-first, day one in the month of Shvat. Today again is Rosh Chodesh. Rosh Chodesh Shvat is one day. Don't forget all the traditional additions for Rosh Chodesh, including. Ah uh, Yavu, Halel, special Torah reading, Musuf, Baruch and uh, whatever, in fact, uh, your custom has in terms of uh, additions for Rosh Chodesh. Uh, well, we wake up on this side of the world, and uh, we hear what uh, has happened in the Holy Land. A Palestinian man stabbed and wounded more than a dozen Israelis as he rampaged through a bus in central Tel Aviv, during the Wednesday morning rush hour, and then fled through nearby streets. He was shot and wounded by security forces as he tried to escape. It was unclear whether all the stabbings took place on the bus. At least 15 Israelis were hospitalized, including several who were reported to be in serious condition. The assailant in his early 20s from the West Bank city of Tulkarm, was being treated in the hospital. The episode broke a period of relative calm had followed a spate of attacks against Israelis in October and November in Jerusalem and Tel Aviv that were carried out with by by Palestinians armed with knives, cleavers, and guns, or using vehicles as weapons. Prime Minister Netanyahu of Israel blamed the Palestinian leadership for creating an atmosphere that led to Wednesday's attack, saying in a statement that it was, quote, the direct result of a poisonous incitement being disseminated by the PA, ...against the Jews in their state. The same terrorism is trying to attack us in Paris, Brussels, and everywhere. The assailant, Hamza Muhammad Hassan Matruk, 23 years old, boarded a bus in Tel Aviv around 7.30 in the morning, traveled several stops as more passengers boarded. He first attacked a driver who resisted. The man then stabbed a number of passengers before they managed to open the doors of the bus and escape. As the assailant ran off, armed personnel from Israel's prison service, who happened to be in the vicinity, chased him and shot him. A member of the prison service team told reporters they were on a routine trip to the courts when they noticed the bus in front of them zigzagging and then stopping at a green traffic light. They realized something was happening as passengers began disembarking from the bus, screaming. First, we fired in the air, but he didn't stop. The head of the prison security team said to Israeli news media, then we shot him in the legs, adding that the man did not say anything. Images from the scene showed the assailant lying face down in the mud, his hands handcuffed behind him, the lower left of his jeans soaked with blood. A passenger slightly wounded in the attack, Leal Sousa, 14 years old, said he was on his way to school when suddenly the terrorist showed up and started stabbing people. We all moved toward the back. The driver pressed the brakes as the terrorist was heading close to us. I elbowed the window and it broke so we can get out. We got out, he chased us with a knife in his hand. I ran and hid behind cars, and then security personnel ran after him. It's a New York Times article about today's terror attack in Tel Aviv. They continue and wrap up with the fact that elections are scheduled for March 17th and that there's a a charged political atmosphere in Israel as we speak right now before the elections. Anyway, that is the... um That is the um, story regarding the stabbing of over a dozen people in the early morning rush hour in Tel Aviv. Naftali Bennett said of uh, Mahmoud Abbas, the person responsible for the terrorist attack in Tel Aviv this morning, is the same man we saw marching in the company of world leaders in Paris just last week. Bennett called on Israel to stop the flow of funds to Abbas, who he described as a, quote, terrorist. We pray for those who were uh, attacked and injured in today's uh, attack in uh, Tel Aviv. And uh, again, we wake up uh, to news of how the enemy is uh, trying to destroy as many of us and as many of our brethren as possible. J.M. in the A.M., 27 degrees, cloudy skies, a high temperature 36 tonight. Light snow early on, a low of 30 tomorrow, partly cloudy, a high temperature of 40 degrees. We're at 66 degrees in Yerushalayim. We're at 27 here in Jersey City, as we say good morning at JM and AM. It's Rosh Chodesh morning. Thanks for tuning in to JM and the AM.
1: You. No, you
3: Haïta <laughs> Tami She can share me for me. Beda qui ha chucha, batachti becha elokai, si cheni, al tforweada, malo się wita, tota al-hagi, masa paczę szomete, toi ola to ją się ove, bedaki leganete, od hamu linea. She can the
1: Senhor, <speaking in> vem <foreign>
3: lambemas, say you a foe, <language> me ras, foe,
1: foe, 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 foe,
4: I'm <speaking in Spanish>
2: Seva va questo ya seva ma in
0: JM in the AM, Dove Hendler with a, a blessing for the day and for the month. Yihia Chodesh Hazer, Rosh Chodesh Shvat here at JM in the AM, Rosh Chodesh. And the month of Shvat off to a rough start with the stabbing of so many people in Tel Aviv this morning. On that the terrorist bus attack. Bus stabbing. We pray for the, uh, recovery of all who were victims in that attack this morning. Yumi Loi. before that with Melech Malcham Lachim, the Maccabees had home. Neshama done by the New York Boys Choir, Diaspora with Lule Hamanti. Rosh Chodesh Shvat on a Wednesday. We have amazing programming on our stream all day long at jmnam.org. And make sure to install the NSN Nahum Segal Network app on your phone so you have access to everything that we do. It's a pretty amazing app. It's free for your Android, for your iPhone. Check it out, install it, and enjoy it. It's America's one and only Jewish moments in the morning radio program. Heard and listeners sponsored WFMU East Orange, WMFU Mount Hope. Rockland County at 91.9 on the FM dial. Around the world on the web, (laughs) jmdm.org. Golly, it's all in the background. Our news in Hebrew coming up. I'm sure that the uh, terrorist attack in Tel Aviv is going to be the... The majority of the newscast, as you would suspect, that's happening in just a seconds here at JM in the AM. 27 degrees outside, cloudy skies and a high today, 36. Galitzal in the background, Galitzal, Israel Army Radio, 2 p.m. newscast for a Wednesday, follows next on this Rosh Chodesh morning. We say Bokir Tov from JM in the AM.
4: אשתים כן ראינו בפנאי אם מה שקורה עכשיו השבת קושעב בשעה חונה פרטים חדשים על מחבל שביטאית פיגוע אדכירה הבוקר בתל אביב.מדובר ארק כתבנו אינבל תמיר.חמשה מוחמד חסן מתרוח ילדיתים 92, ממחנה פריטים תולקארם הודא בחקירה thatו כי ביצאה הפגועה הבוקר. וסטיפר כי הצעה התמסה על רק מיצאה צו קיתן ההאירומים בארבائي תוציאה ביטחנים מיסלמיים קיצונים. מהחקירה על כי מתרוח נחנש הבוקר באופן בילתי חוקי לישראל וביצאה הפגועה בסכין שקנה כתבת נוירה שפירה מוסרת שבבתי החולים שיבה ואיחילוב עדיין מאושפזים שלושה פצועים קשה, ארבעה בינוני ועוד שני נפגעי חרדה.
3: חניתי את הרכב והרגשתי מקום ממש חזקה, הייתה סכין ממש גדולה, הוא דקר אותי פרוש, יש לי תפרים, הייתי... מסוחררת,
4: לא, לא הבנתי מה קורה די בכלל. ציוני שהייתה על האוטובוס סיפרה לי רבים כשפתח של האוטובוס לאחר שנדכר ונפצע קשה. הצדד נפתחה ולהרגיש כמו נסח. אמרו לי שזה שוי בית על וזה היה נס, כי פשוט באירופה הצרפת מרחיבה את ההערכות נגד טרור, כתבתנו נועם דהן. ראש הממשלה מנואל ול סודיע על השקעת 400 מיליון אירו ליצירת 2600 מסרות להגנה מפני בני טרור. נדבריו המהלך נחוץ כדי לעקוב אחר 3000 תושבים ברחבי צרפת. יותר היום מוגשו בצרפת ארבעה קצפי אישום נגד חשודים בסיוע למחבל קוליבלי שביצע את בהיפר קשר. אזרח ישראלי נעצר בחשד שפרץ למחשב של הזמרת מדונה והפיץ תמורת כסף שירים שלה שטרם פורסמו כתובתנו עדה שטייפ יחידת הסייבר של נפטרת ישראל הצליחה לעלות על לקבותיו של צעיר ישראלי תושב תל אביב החשוד בחדירה למחשבים של אומנים בינלאומיים כך הצליח חשד פי החשד לגנוב בתוכם סינגלים שטרם פורסמו ולמכור אותם באינטרנט לכל המרבה במחיר בנייתר הוא חשוד כי פרץ למחשב של מדונה גנב את הסינגל הח אותה להוציא את הסינגל תרם הזמן. החקירה בוצעה בשיתוף ה-FBI לצהריים, יובה החשוד להערכת מעצר בבית משפט השלום בראשון לציון. באומה במליאת הכנסת במהלך דיון על הצעת החוק להעלה הצחר המינימום. חברי האופוזיציה ובהם השר לשעבר אמיר פרץ האשימו את השר בנט בגנבת קרדיט על היוזמה ובין הצדדים התפתח אימות קולני. כתבתנו תמר ירושל ממוסרת שיושב ראש הכנסת אדלשטיין נאלץ לעצור את הישיבה כדי להרגיע הרוחות.
0: To you, you SMS, the SMS, if are a fan the discussion, are the last
4: התחזית הלילה קר, מחר עוד התחממות, ולסיום נחיל מדוזות הגיעה באמצע החורף במפתיע לחופי הצפון, כתבנו בחיפה קובי מנדל.
5: מדובר בהנחיל מדוזות גדול ממין נודדת אשר גודלנה בין 40 ל-70 סנטימטרים. לדברי דוקטור דור אנג'ל, מומחה לאקולוגיה ימית, מהחוג לציביליזציות אמיות באוניברסיטת חיפה, הנחיל הגיע ככל הנראה מהצפון כתוצאה מזרם צפוני אשר הוביל את המדוזות לחופנו. לדבריו כל עוד פעילות האדם נמשכת וחוללת פעילות
4: בים עמוק, המערכת הימית הופכת להיות יותר ויותר בלתי מאוזנת. ואלה חדשות שאורך הדר שיפר.
0: Jam in the AM. Wednesday morning on this Rosh Chodesh morning. He was incredible yesterday in the live in studio performance here at Jam in the AM. I refer, of course, to Yehuda Green. There he is with Kulanu Yachad. Psach Yahad Lechu. You heard Aspak perfect song for Rosh Chodesh morning. It's called Kiddush Levana. Wednesday morning on this January 21st, day one in the month of Shabbat. 27 degrees, cloudy skies, high temperature of 36. Keeping a close eye on the stories out of Tel Aviv. With 12 people injured in that terrorist attack aboard the bus during rush hour this morning in Tel Aviv. Our thoughts and prayers with them, of course. And we pray this is not going to be another epidemic of terrorism that we saw in uh, October and November in the Holy Land. Jake Novak is with us live via telephone. He's supervising producer at Street Signs for CNBC, and he is a columnist for CNBC.com and follows what's going on in Israel and around the world, especially the business world, very, very closely. Jake Novak, welcome back to JM in the AM.
6: Thank you very much, and a good and to you and all your listeners.
0: I greatly appreciate that. Um, I know that you covered the uh, State of the Union last night, and I don't know if this was in your – I don't know if a fact-checking was in your uh, uh, you know, repertoire last evening. But one of the things that, you know, from a business perspective, and as I always tell you, I know very little about the economy and how to analyze it. That's why we turn to people like you. Uh, but one of the, one of the uh, interesting stats or uh, statements that the president made was that more jobs have been created in this country than all forward-moving countries combined. I, I don't know if that's the exact quote, but you know what I mean. In other words, the major countries of the world combine all of them together. The United States has created more jobs in the last year. What did you think of that assertion?
6: Um, it, it's not too far off the mark, actually. Um, unfor- I wish that were more because you know the United States was creating record numbers of jobs and massive jobs, it's more because the rest of the world is doing so poorly. And he's really pointing to the European nations in that comparison. It's not really comparing it to Asian countries and stuff like that, and China, for example. But, um, yeah, I mean, the United States is slowly, slowly, slowly. I, I'm, I'm in the camp of people who feel that the recovery should have started much sooner and should be much, much more robust and the government is the biggest reason why that hasn't happened, and President Obama takes a lot of responsibility for that. But it does us no good not to recognize that we are moving in a positive direction, because if we don't recognize that, we're not going to see the good things that we're doing and say, oh, we need to do more of this. Um, And he's not doing enough of the good stuff. But we do have to admit that, look, we are doing better than most of the European world, the civilized world, what we know as the G7 or the g 20 um, so we are doing a little bit better, but I, I think I, I think I'll, I join a lot of Democrats as well, in addition to Republicans and conservatives who say it's not enough.
0: Here it is. Since Here's what I was referring to. Yeah. Since 2010, I of course told you it was the last year, shows you how much I've paid attention. Since 2010, the president said America has put more people back to work than Europe, Japan, and all advanced economies combined.
6: Yeah, that's and that's really based on what you consider bad comps. You know, if you did really, really poorly in 2008 and 2009, and we did, then putting people back to work. There's the wording that you really have to <laughs> uh, seize on and realize he's talking about some really, really bad numbers that we had in 08 and 09, where we were losing hundreds and hundreds of thousands of jobs a, in months, every month, sometimes a million in some of the months, and now we're. You know, there has been this been this slow. Uh, return and getting some of those people back to work, and it's been very, very slow. And again, I, it's because we're better than the rest of the world, which is doing even worse, and I often say, use this analogy, I often say we're the prettiest horse in the glue factory. We're still not as strong as we should be, right. but we're, you know, we're in a bad place, but we look good compared to the rest.
0: Jake Novak is with us. There are a couple of other factors, by the way. The um, People go back to work and often at uh, salaries that are half of what they made in the past. Right.
6: Yeah, yeah. That, that's something that happens in every recovery. You know, that was a big attack that they used to level on President Reagan as well. They would say, "Oh, well, these jobs uh, that, that people are getting aren't as good, aren't high, pay, high high paying enough." And you know that that happens all the time. So I, I'm not too, I'm not 100 as 100 concerned about that. I think for a lot of us, our main concern is we have still a huge percentage of American people who are not working at all. You know, we saw this is a fancy term the labor participation rate, which, so we have a lot of people getting back to work, but the total percentage of American adults working remains at at pretty much all-time lows, you know, pre-post, you know, depression, all-time lows. And that bothers me. So, no, I'm not happy that someone is going back for a lower-paying job, but at least they're getting up in the morning and going out to work, and I think we all know the social benefits of that and, and the family benefits of that. When we have more and more people who aren't working at all and they don't get counted anymore in the unemployment stats, that's really frightening.
0: No, yeah, I agree with you, but, uh, but but you've just given a sliver of hope for a lot of people because if this is in fact cyclical and it works this way, you know, each time there's a recovery, then those who are part timers or earning less than they'd like to right now, there is hope down the road that in fact they'll be able to earn more soon.
6: Yeah, and I have great admiration for people who say who suck it up and they say, look. I, this isn't as good a paying job. This isn't the greatest job in the world, but it's better than going on benefits. It's better than going on you know, taking an early retirement. I want to keep working. I want to keep being productive. And we should have a lot of admiration for people like that, and and say to them, look, this is the, it, going from one to two is easier than going from zero to one.
0: Uh, I could use you when I uh, when I give my pep talks to youngsters about going for their degrees and trying to get to the next level and getting yeah. getting into formal educational atmospheres instead of uh doing other things. But that's <laughs> that's for another day. Yeah. Jake Novak is with us, supervising producer at Street Sign CNBC, columnist for CNBC. dot com. Um, you were, you had written something about the, um, the war and its effect on the Israeli economy. Obviously, it was a very rough summer in Israel. Without the war, Israel's economy would have, would, would be a lot different at the end of 2014?
6: Well, you know the numbers keep getting revised. I mean, that's kind of the breaking news of the last couple of days coming out of Israel. Uh, first off, the GDP in Israel was much, the economy in Israel was much stronger than the initial readings. I mean, that's the funny thing about economics. There's always a revision. You know, it takes right. a very long time before there's agreed upon numbers. Sometimes years before we can say, "Oh, 2014 was this year. 2014 was that kind of year." Um, but now they are saying, the latest news, this is breaking news out of Israel, that even during the Gaza war, there was a slight uptick in the Israeli economy of 0.2%, which is just amazing because everyone thought that, okay, 2014 was a pretty good year. It would have been much better without the Gaza war. And that's still true, but now the, the fact that there wasn't even a loss in, you know, in, in the positive side from the war is very is very telling of how... How very durable this Israeli economy is right now
0: yeah I think that's the point that you'd think that uh, because this would be a much bigger story if, in fact it was a complete economic disaster,
6: yeah, and I think, look, I know we have terrible news today coming out of Tel Aviv, tel Aviv yep. you know latest tel, uh, terrorist attack and and I don't mean to to put you know sprinkle sunshine on everything and let us forget the general issues there, however, mm-hmm. what we're learning about Israel every single day is that this is an economy that's built to deal with these kinds of problems. And as much as we hear in the political agenda and in the uh, intellectual agenda incredible condemnation of Israel, you know, look, political and intellectual talk, uh, you know, usually doesn't really last. Money talks, and the money talks, uh, and and what it's telling us is that Israel is a good buy. I mean, when we talk about an Israeli growing economy, this isn't their own money. They're not going to some factory and just making more (laughs) valuable stuff. This is foreign investors, even from countries, often from countries that supposedly hate Israel, the, the wealthy and successful people in those countries are saying, I've got to invest in Israel. I mean, I have to invest in Israel. Do you have a good, exa- Do you
0: have a good example of that, a representative or a, or a non-official representative from a country that hates Israel It's really made a big financial commitment?
6: Well, yeah. I mean, well, Jordan, Jordan and Saudi Arabia, I mean, they're buying up excess uh, water supply from Israel, and they have been for quite a while now. Uh, this, I mean, look, these countries are officially – I mean, Jordan is no longer officially in the state of war, but they, didn't, they, they don't right. say nice things about Israel. Right. Uh, I mean, those are two clear examples, and that, that of course, has a lot to do with with the water issue, which is becoming, to me, I think, for all the 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 talk we've had all over the world about oil in the last 10 years, I really predict that the next 10 years we'll be talking almost as much about water as we do about oil and Israel is at the forefront of that and that's not an exaggeration by any step. Right? The for,
0: the forefront of what regarding water?
6: Well, Israel is the the leading nation in the purification of water and the increase and, and how and teaching countries and cities how to increase their water supply. And again, money talks, Nachum, so you have a situation where the state of California with all of its leftism and and intellectual hatred of Israel on their campuses. We know of all these instances. The fact is the governor of California last year made made a large deal with the state of Israel and even invited uh, Prime Minister Netanyahu to come to California, which he did, to take a look at their water situation. I mean, the water situation in California is dire, mostly just because of their own doing. This is not only a natural thing. The, The political policies on water preservation in that state are insane but they're making a good move at least by going to Israel. Much bigger than the state of California though is the nation of India. I mean, this is a country of 1.2 billion people uh with a new uh, prime minister who is very pro-Israel and trying to create more business partnerships with Israel. And the biggest business partnership as far, as far as scope is concerned is a deal they're making with Israel to purify the River Ganges, you know, which is a huge deal in India. It's like a sacred river. It's a major major deal there. And if we could if Israel could find a way to purify India's water situation and increase their supply You'd be talking about preserving the world's second-largest population. That's, that's beyond, you know, mitzvah. That's, that's a real smart business investment.
0: And an amazing accomplishment. Whoever would have dreamed of it. Jake yeah. Novak is with us. The, um, have you seen this, by the way, and I, I assume this is not related, because, well, maybe it is, because you, you talk about air and water. Have you seen this Israeli startup that has gone ahead and produced a car that runs on air and water?
6: Yeah, and, the, and this is the same company that can basically get more water out of the air as well. So it a is A small the same. company. Um, these, these, are, these are things that Israel has to do. I mean, look, all the, all the trials and tribulations that Israel went through just to establish itself as a you know, habitable state. I mean, this, you know, in 1880, you couldn't have put more than 100,000 people in, in what is now the state of Israel and hoped that they would live you know, any kind of a sustainable life. So yeah, I mean, all this kind of stuff is because of necessity. And listen, it's we've known this in this country, we've known it in, throughout history. Um, necessity breeds, you know, invention, and that's what's going on right now in Israel. It's been going on for a long time. And the money talks. No matter how much you hear negative about Israel, remember that money is, to me, an investment. It means more than empty words.
0: But aren't there many uh, conglomerates, companies, uh, business interests around the world, including the United States, that? Are going to be uh, rather upset that there will be uh, automobiles that can run on air being sold?
6: Uh, you know, yes and no. I mean, those are the kinds of things like, look, that kind of stuff is always great to give us a little bit more of an option. I have yet to believe that any one of the alternative energy sources, other than natural gas, is ever going to be a, massive, you know, a mass-produced type huge hit in this country. So, yeah, we're going to have electric cars like Tesla, and maybe we'll have an air, water, run car one day, all that kind of stuff. But I don't think... You know, listen, we we buy 17 million cars in this country every year. You know, I don't think we're going to get to a point where we sell 17 million electric cars, 17 million cars on air and water.
0: Hmm. And until
6: we get to that point, it's really not worth worrying about.
0: Interesting. Anything special in 2015 that we should be looking at? I know that these companies you just mentioned that are, of course, based in Israel and all these incredible concepts are enough to look at. But anything else that that's catching your eye toward the beginning of this new year that might make some impact on the business world out of Israel?
6: Yeah, unfortunately, I have to go back to the military. Although, listen, again, necessity breeds invention. Right now in Israel, uh, there's a lot of cutting-edge technology being done on mini-submarine technology, and this is something that the rest of the world is very, very interested in. And I I hope we don't, you know, Israel doesn't need to use use this technology anytime soon in a big way, but these dolphin sub-technology, this is mini-submarines, one, two, three people, um, that are used, that are very, very effective. This is an extremely effective weapon to use against an enemy, especially a terrorist enemy who isn't coming with an armada, you know, like on D-Day. Right. Um, and this is very, very uh, I- interesting to the rest of the world. There's been a lot of cooperation already. I mean, Israel is buying some of the, this technology from com- countries like Germany, for example, and then improving on it and then selling it back to other nations. This is, there's a little bit more partnership involved, and because it's of a military uh, cooperative, co- cooperative nature, there may be some really good political... Um, uh, Benefits from this as well In addition to some of the other things That are more just business uh, In a business center So uh, look for that Look for Dolphin sub-technology Look for what Israel is doing there And hopefully you'll you'll be looking for it On the business pages And not on the front pages
0: What is the I I keep reading about the free trade agreement Uh, Israel and China are obviously talking What is their official business relationship right now?
6: Well, it's it's a partnership now that's just really it, it they you know it's one of those things where politically it's not official but there's definitely a lot of business going on. Now, the biggest example of that notion was earlier this week Alibaba which is you know if you want to if you want to pigeonhole it you can say it's the Chinese Amazon but right. it's much bigger than Amazon. This is a massive company, one of the biggest you know it just went public a couple of months ago and is already one of the biggest com- companies in the world. And Alibaba already has made some investments in Israel just in the past week and they came a couple of months ago to, to start scouting it out. So that's really the, the answer that you have to give when you talk about Chinese-Israeli relations. Don't so much talk about the government deals because, mm-hmm. you know, that's very problematic. The individual companies in China have a lot more freedom than you might expect from a, com- from a communist country, and they're already making acquisitions and making partnerships. So look at the Alibaba deals. Alibaba, I think, is going to buy a lot more in Israel because Israel's, the, Israel's consumers buy and sell things a lot more like Asian consumers do as opposed to Americans.
0: I don't know if you saw it or not, the uh, New York Times this morning uh, uh, basically painted a picture that uh, the president last night spoke as if he had won the midterm elections, that his party had won the midterm elections, and he spoke with that tone of voice. But in reality, of course, we know what happened in November. With that in mind, uh, what do you think in terms of the cooperation or lack thereof that we can expect in 2015 between the White House and the Republican Congress?
6: Um, I, I, I have a very pessimistic view of it. I see, I, I see it the same way. The president really spoke as if it wasn't just last night. I mean, the day after the midterm elections, the first thing the president emphasized was, well, a lot of people didn't vote. I mean, it was an immediate dismissal of a very strong voice from the public. You know, we don't always get a strong result from the midterm elections. We've, we've had them in, in 2010 and 2014. We did, and maybe people feel that that's the way it usually is. But very often the midterm elections don't necessarily send such a strong message and they really did this time and the president immediately brushed it off and he brushed it off again last night in the state of the union. I don't see a lot of chances for um, cooperation because the one issue where there does seem to be some agreement about reforming the tax code. Okay, great, that's the headline. But then you dig in just a little bit deeper and you see, oh, they agree on the tax code, but one, but the president wants to reform it in a very, very different way than the Republicans do. He really wants to raise taxes on the on the on what's known as the richer Americans. And listen, if you make two or three hundred thousand dollars and have four or five kids in New York City. I don't know if you can be called rich. I, I think that that's really an insult. It's not true. But you would have a, a tax increase under this plan. It, it, to, it, to not um, uh, reduce corporate tax rates when the United States has the highest rate of, in, the, in, the, in the industrialized world, I don't consider that tax reform. So there you go. There's, there's the issue that people are saying, oh, there's agreement there. I'm not so sure there's agreement there either. And I think the president's number one goal is to try to make the Republicans look bad, look greedy, look mean, and, uh, you know, look, that'll suit him. I, I, I just don't see an interest in getting much done.
0: Jake Novak, supervising producer at Street Signs on CNBC. He is the columnist on CNBC, well, a columnist on CNBC.com. I'd love to invite you in one day to do some Q&A with our audience. Maybe we could do that one time.
6: That would be a lot of fun. Thank,
0: Thank you. Thank you so much for joining me. Uh, Jake Novak, Wednesday morning on this Rosh Chodesh here at M, at 25 minutes after, at uh, 25 minutes before 8 o'clock, a little bit behind schedule for Rabbi Goldwasser, Rabbi David Goldwasser's words. Here is Rabbi David Goldwasser with Morning Chizuk. Good morning. We learn in the Talmud Yerushalmi
5: that Rab Shimon ben Nissanal had great Yerushalit. The Bartanur explains that he was very stringent with himself. He even restricted that which was permissible. He did this in order to minimize any possibility of coming close to an Avera, a sin. It would seem that this is the only way to explain Yeraschet, the fear of the sin itself. For it's clear to anyone who fears Hashem that he is definitely afraid to do an Avera. The one who fears sin is a person who creates barriers to prevent himself from from committing any transgression. When we bench Rosh Chodesh, we ask Hashem, Chaim shiyesh po yiras shomayim a life in which there is fear of heaven and fear of sin. Aren't both of these really the same? The Baruch Shamar says a very interesting idea in terms of the distinction between yiras shomayim, fear of heaven, and yiras chet in fear of sin. He explains that Yirashamayim helps us in being cautious to adhere to the Torah and not to do any Averas. It enhances our ability to do the Ratzon Hashem, God's will. Indeed, the pasuk tells us, what does Hashem ask of you? Kiim liyiras Hashem only to fear Him. Actually, it's quite difficult to understand how can we pray for Yiras Shamayim. We learn in the Talmud and Brachus, Hakol Bidei everything is from heaven, Chutz Miyiras Shamayim, except for one's fear of heaven. How's it possible to ask for something that's within the domain and power of the person himself? We can find an answer in the Talmud in Yuma. It says, Habalatayr, a person who comes to purify himself is helped from Shemaim. The individual has to take the first steps. He has to lay the foundation for Yerash Once the person has struggled to make that effort, Hashem will help him to accomplish his goals. The acquisition of Yerash puts one on a higher level so that one is so concerned about doing the wrong thing that he even abstains from something that is permitted. Why? Because it could possibly cause him to do an Avera. The Rambam comments, what's the difference between man and animal? An animal is restrained from doing evil only because of something external. However, a man's restraints lie deep within himself. This has been Rabbi David Goldwasser bringing you morning chizik. Have a good chodesh.
3: Baxu for no,
1: Baxu for no, for no.
0: Feeling you might be hearing that and similar selections over the next couple of months. <laughs> shoe has got their amazing and incredible Sium coming up in March, and uh, it is a major event. That, of course, is uh, one of the songs that Deershoe released. Um, that was uh, that was Mivakesh uh, from the Hey Unichonim CD. And, uh, this coming, uh, this coming, uh, where do I have it? I apologize. Can't keep track anymore of what, what happens on which tab of the computer, frankly. Uh, this coming 12th of Shvat, the 1st of February, Deershu, who are uh, preparing for their seum for their first cycle of their successful and popular daily learning program of Mishnah Brura, and the Musr's farm of the Chavetz Chaim. Um, on the cusp of completing the seven-year program of the entire Mishnah Bureau, there will be a special mission to Raden, Poland, on the 12th of Shvat. That's February the 1st, a week from Sunday, when more than 15 gedolim and poskim and a group of senior members of Dirshus Hanhala will visit the Chavetz Chaim's kever to daven for the success of the Dafiomi project and ask for their prayers to be answered in the schus of the Chavetz the Dirshu delegation will place, and this is really cool, the Dirshu delegation will place a Sefer Giborim at the Kever of the Chavetz Chaim, where it will remain in perpetuity. Sefer Giborim will contain the names of all current Dafayomi Bahalacha learners, as well as any person who accepts upon himself to learn daily Halacha with dafayomi Bahalacha and Musr. Um, anybody who wants their name inscribed for perpetuity in the Safer Giborim to join the Dafyomi B'halacha or to access a shear near you or to get your name placed in the Safer, you can contact Deershoe 8885Deershoe. That's 8885Deershoe, extension 106. 8885Deershoe, extension 106. You can also email info at kolel.com. Deershoe.org. K-O-L-L-E-L, Deershoe D-I-R-S-H-U. Info at org for information. So that's available uh, as a uh, an offer to everybody out there to be part of it. And Deershoe, as I said, is building up to a massive, massive event which will culminate in Israel in March as they finish this uh, first cycle of Dafyomi Bahalacha. And uh, we'll talk more about all this if you're interested in the trip February 1st to Rodden or to be in the safer Giborum, use that email address or a telephone number at 8885 Deershoe. More coming up. This is JM in the AM. Freedom done by 8th day to wrap up the hour. Yaakov Shweki's Ach Sameach. You heard Ari Goldwagon there with Take Me Home. 8 o'clock in the morning on a Rosh Chodesh Shvat morning. Thanks for tuning in. This is America's one and only Jewish Moments in the morning radio program. Heard and listeners sponsored WFMU East Orange, WMFU Mount Hope, Rockland County at 91.9 on the FM dial. Broadcasting live from the Sonia and Robert Gold Studios in Jersey City, New Jersey. Around the world on the web, jmandtheam.org. Roche Chodesh morning. Plenty more coming up. Keep it here at JM in the AM. Shlimey Dax and Company, a segment called Special Moments on the uh, Dance All Night with Shlimey Dax Orchestra here at JM and the A. Wednesday morning on this Rosh Chodesh morning. Well, (laughs) for those of us here in the uh, New Jersey, New York area, you'll probably find it funny that uh, we're talking about Bike for Chai. Bike for Chai is usually a topic that we reserve for uh, post Pesach. And obviously, during the summer, as the bikers are getting ready, and as the incredible scene of uh, hundreds of bikers getting up to Camp Simcha begins to unfold, and all the anticipation and waiting for the for those who couldn't make it up to the Catskills to see it, waiting for the video to come out to watch that incredible moment, all those incredible moments when the bikers and the campers unite up in camp. So it's January. Why on earth would we be talking about Bike for Chai? The answer will be provided by Yoel Margulies. He is the coordinator of Bike for Chai and has seen it grown into one of the most successful and incredible events in our community. Yoel Margulies, on this January Wednesday, Rosh Chodesh Shvat, I say welcome to JM in the AM.
7: Thank you so much, Malcolm. It's good to be here. Thanks so much.
0: I can't imagine that you and the hundreds of bikers are doing a lot of biking these days, or does weather never affect you guys?
7: I can't say weather never affects us. There's all different types of gear and all different types of fun stuff to wear during the winter, too. (laughs) But the truth is, I would probably say a good 90% of the riders are indoors already, you know, indoor trainers, indoor things. There are definitely a few of us that are still out there, not me, (laughs) but there there are still a bunch of us that are out there. Uh, but, but the majority are training indoors at
0: this point. All right. There's really a – first of all, before we talk about why we are doing this in January, can you review for our audience, because the last time we made a big deal about this was probably, frankly, the day of the race. Could you review for our audience just how successful a 2014 bike for Chai was?
7: Bike Ride 2014 was definitely the most successful. It became the largest fundraiser for High Lifeline as a whole. But in general, it's a a tremendous success. Last year, we had 330 riders, which uh, ended up raising 4.2 million dollars for High Lifeline.
0: Unbelievable.
7: Which makes us probably the most successful charity rider per rider in the world.
0: If you do it per rider, it would be. If
7: you do per rider, the average per rider, the amount raised is uh... is astounding and it's, it's what is comes what, out to, what is it's that a little over twelve and a half thousand dollars per rider
0: what does that say about our community kolakavod what does that say about our community unbelievable, unbelievable is right that's incredible alright so a very very successful race uh, I call it race a very very successful ride everybody obviously a winner uh, the scenes from up in camp are incredible so when when in, the, in an average year what month do you open up registration for the following bike for chai
7: so the truth is that we always open in January. We've been opening January 15th for the past bunch of years already. Um, uh, you know, obviously the the difference of this year is because it's become so big and so amazing that that it's, uh, you know, usually we open registration in January and it takes us, last year already we thought we were, you know, we were hitting crazy numbers because we had to close registration, you know, a little after Pesach. Right. But, um, this year, <laughs> we opened registration four days ago, and we're full. You
0: it, know? It, in other words, there's no spot available anymore.
7: No, there are still there are still a few spots. There are still a few spots because uh, you know I've been I've been I've been playing around with the hotels. I'm really dependent on how many beds we have for for the guys, and we were able to get a few more rooms. So I still have a few spots, but we are. But you know, we were originally saying three seventy five, and we're at three seventy five already. So you have a few more spots. People can still go on the website. Can still sign up for another few days. You know, I'm sure it's going to fill up fast. Also, but uh...
0: so the so you're not going to get. I mean, you're you're not going to be able to accommodate 400. It's going to be somewhere between 375 and 400. It sounds like
7: correct, correct.
0: And the last few spots available, I assume they'll be gone today. Just with this announcement, sure. obviously, anybody who's anxious to do it is going to run to register because they want to be among the last few. But is, is 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 that the issue? Because we kept thinking, like, you know, why would it be such a problem numbers wise? Is that the issue, the overnight?
7: Yeah, the biggest. It's actually our biggest issue. You know, it used to be used to be a few years ago. Um, it was in terms of the way you know way, way we handle things in camp. Camp wasn't able to to manage it, but we we really changed our system last year and and uh and change things around so so guys were able to come into camp and experience it, not have to wait around, no bottleneck. Things worked smoothly, and we really could accommodate, you know, with the system we put in place, I think we could easily accommodate 500 riders in mm-hmm. camp. Uh, you know, that's not the number I'm looking for, but that's the, you know, I think our system works. But really, it boils down to the hotels. It's just a matter of how many beds we have.
0: Not to tell you how to do your job, but you know what the next natural step might be.
7: Yeah, I'm going to start building a hotel.
0: <laughs> <laughs> well, I was going to offer you a little bit of an easier uh, option. Uh, maybe, maybe there has to be a second component where people just do a one-day ride that ends up in camp.
7: Yeah, it's very it's very true. These things are all everything has become a possibility at this point. That's that's the truth.
0: By the way, do we do we acknowledge and I assume on the website you do at some point, uh, do we acknowledge who raised the most during last year's race? If it was such a record breaker, was there one person or group that uh, you know that surpassed everybody else?
7: There were actually, I mean, two big teams, Team Meridian and Team Matfield, the two big teams. Team Meridian was um was headed up by Ralph Hertzka. Um, they, they raised, I believe it was like 570,000 and, and Team Madfield, which is headed up by Jack Eisenberger, uh, also, you know, didn't come that far behind, somewhere like 530, something like that, not that far behind either. So those are the two biggest teams that, that raised the most money. Um, and yeah, on the website, as we get closer and as people as the fundraising start kicking in, which that usually doesn't happen till later, you know, later in the season anyway. Um, yeah, on the front of the website, we could see each person, how much they're raising. It's all, it's all out there.
0: By the way, you know, I, yeah. I, but I did notice that the actual fundraising for 2015 has begun.
7: It has, right away. I mean, people, people people sign up, and they start right away.
0: Right. So if anybody wants to go to the website, they could actually make a donation as we speak, and, and they can actually search for the rider of their choice.
7: That's right. You can search for the rider of choice. If you look on, the, on that little key on the side on the rider's page, you click on New Rider, you'll see exactly how many new riders there are, how much they've raised. You see who they are. Um, you can sort by each year. You know, a guy who started riding, he's been riding since 2010, you, know, you click on click on 2010, and you'll see all the riders that have been riding that
0: long. What's the official date of this year's race?
7: Days is August 5th and 6th.
0: Wow. We're not
7: in the nine days this year.
0: <laughs> That's good. And uh, do we know the weather forecast yet for that day? Have we checked it out? <laughs> <laughs> we're
7: hoping. We're hoping. That's all we could say. I,
0: I guess you guys, let me just estimate. What would you like? You'd probably like uh, cloudy in 73. Would that be accurate in terms perfect. of
7: looking? Perfect. That would be perfect. I have to tell you, this year's route... You know, because the whole new route this year, completely new, this year's route, I believe, certainly for day one, is probably our most scenic and beautiful ride we've ever done.
0: Wow. And you the t-
7: roads are beautiful. The, the, the scenery around it is gorgeous.
0: And you change it for that reason, just to give the riders a different experience?
7: I like to give the riders a different experience, and it's also a matter of uh, going back to the hotel. It's a matter of you're right. finding a hotel that's big enough to fit all of them.
0: Right, good point. So you want to be on, on course, so to speak. Correct. Unbelievable. Uh, if you missed it, Yoel Margulies is with us via telephone, Bike for Chai, which is the big fundraiser that we've really followed over the last few years with Chai Lifeline. You guys
7: have been, you guys have been instrumental from the beginning. I, day one, we've been part of the and M&M on this.
0: I appreciate that. It's an unbelievable cause. It gives such spirit to the entire community. And the money that's raised, as you described, is, is unbelievable. Anyway, uh, the big announcement was that on, what was it, Thursday of last week you opened up?
7: Uh, Thursday we opened for for returning riders, um, and before Shabbos we were already at two hundred and fifty. <laughs> and then on Monday, Monday I opened up for for new riders, and you know within within the first two three hours we had already had uh, 60, 60 or seventy new riders that signed up, and uh, you know and then it was just a matter of a few hours later that we filled.
0: You know, it's funny you mentioned about the nine days in the calendar. Because if so many people travel after the nine days, you know, they take a week or two off, Nachamu time, et cetera, There are people who are now arranging their summer schedule around the race.
7: Yeah, yeah.
0: <laughs> I mean, you're right in the middle of what would normally be for a lot of people a summer vacation. They're either they're either going before or probably postponing it a few days just to be part of this race, part of the ride. Very-
7: Very true.
0: Very true. All right, so that's the announcement. The announcement is that the number of riders is at 375. Essentially, it's sold out, which is unbelievable for just a couple of days after registration has been opened. It is possible, as Yoel described earlier... That he can get up to 400 people into this, uh, rate, into this ride. It's possible he himself doesn't know the exact number where he'll end up, but to say there's five or 10 spots left might be, uh, 100% accurate. Uh, what do, what do people do right now if they want to email or get information and literally get on that list that you're keeping of, you know, who's next if you're able to open up another spot?
7: The best way is just to go to bikeforchai.com. Go to bikeforchai.com, fill out the registration form. You know, and obviously, if it's still open, then then you'll get your spot. And and as soon as we, as soon as we have, you know, as soon as we have to close it out a little bit, we'll uh, put people in waiting list, and then you know, and try and squeeze, squeeze as many in as we can. That's, right, and the, uh, that's and that's the good.
0: truth is, with all this time to go, if you're on that way, especially if you're high up on the waiting list, you never know; it's possible you'll right.
7: It's a very good possibility of getting on exactly. Right.
0: Pray, pray that some of the people on the waiting list have a big simcha on August 5th and, and they, they've got to be in the city.
7: <laughs>
2: <laughs>
0: we're, we're not wishing ill on anybody. You want somebody to have a wedding that they didn't realize they had and they have no choice but to be there and it opens up another spot. Bike for a high, everybody. You search it. It's on the, it's online. You could uh, register and uh, take your shot of being part of it. And congratulations to all the riders that have already responded for this coming August, which is unbelievable. And, Yoel, give our regards to everybody. I'm sure the coordinators are going to be utilizing the next few months to make this the best ride ever.
7: That is definitely true. Thank you so much, Michael. Really, it was a pleasure. Very appreciated.
0: My pleasure. Good luck. Unbelievable. Whoever thought of Rosh Chodesh with 27 degrees. We'd be talking about a topic that we're normally discussing, uh, I don't know, around Rosh Kodesh Tammuz with 72 degrees. <laughs> anyway, incredible. We salute the people of Bike for Chai and what they've done. And all the riders, everyone forgets. You know, we talk about the coordinators and everything that goes on behind the scenes. Everyone forgets how uh, incredible an effort it is for those riders to undertake all the training, to be in shape, and to really make the commitment to get up the camp on the, on those two wheels of theirs. Um, during the summer, in this case on August the 5th and 6th. Jam and the AM at a quarter after 8 o'clock, Rosh Chodesh morning with Kolachai. Sim <laughs> shalom, shalom Sim
1: tova, tova Sim shalom, tova Sim shalom, shalom Sim tova, tova Sim shalom i
0: Mihiachodes has that words for this Rosh Chodesh Shvat. Hope uh, your Rosh Chodesh is going well. We uh, started the morning with terrible news from Israel, praying for those who were attacked uh, by the enemy on that uh, Tel Aviv bus this morning. The attacker who stabbed and injured Israelis on a bus in Tel Aviv Wednesday morning has been identified as Hamza Mohammed Hassan Matruk, according to the Shin Bet. Twenty-three years old, lives in the Tulkarm camp in the northern. West Bank, as it says here. Wednesday morning he entered Israel in order to carry out the attack. He's in Israeli custody after having been shot in the leg by Israel prison service officers who happened to be on the scene. He had no prior arrests. According to Shin Bet, he admitted to illegally entering Israel and carrying out the attack with a knife he purchased in Tulkarim. He further told Shin Bet that his attack was motivated by Operation Protective Edge, the religious tension at the Temple Mount, and extremist Islamist television programs. He hoped to make it to heaven by carrying out the terror attack. He was remanded to custody after receiving medical treatment for his gunshot wound. The Ma'an news agency, Palestinian agency, quoted residents of the refugee camp as saying Matruk was not affiliated with any, with any political faction. A friend of the suspect said, Last night Hamza and I hung out with friends in the camp until 11 p.m. and had fun. He was laughing and kidding, and I know very well that he isn't affiliated with any faction. I'm sure we'll talk more about this terror attack in Tel Aviv, 12 injured. We pray for all of them who are uh, victims of this latest attack in Israel. J.M. in the AM with 27 degrees, cloudy weather and a high temperature of 36. Late snow, uh, light snow rather, early on later with a low temperature of 30. Partly cloudy for tomorrow with a high of 40 degrees. Yushalayim is at 66, we're at... 27 here in Jersey cities. We say good morning at JMNM. Wish everybody a good and chodesh. Before Mayor Sherman, you heard Yitzhak Fuchs with Shift to Ma Shiv, that brand new Yehuda Green selection. He was brilliant yesterday in our 8 o'clock in the morning live music alert Tuesday. He was just fantastic. Yehuda Green performed live yesterday accompanied by four phenomenal musicians. If you missed any of it, there's an archive section of org. You should check it out. Kolachai had Sim Shalom here at uh, JMM to open up that set. Great programming on our stream all day long, and I mean all day long. Really amazing programming on our stream. Coming up at 9 o'clock, Beyond Milk and Honey, the sports rabbi, Rabbi Josh Halickman, is going to be my guest. 9 o'clock, he will be my guest. What will we discuss? Well, we'll discuss the Super Bowl. We'll discuss the Knicks and Nets. We'll discuss and we'll uh, try to think what other topics we, we got into before the meat of the conversation. We'll also discuss his uh, sports-inspired uh, mission to Israel that he is leading uh, the week before Pesach, at the very end of March, uh, with basketball games and soccer matches and a lot of sports history. If you're a sports enthusiast, check it out, sportsrabbi.com. Sportsrabbi.com is all the information. And it's a, um, it's a, it's a great trip. If you're into sports, you get to meet Tal Brody and a bunch of other celebrities. If you're into sports, especially Israel sports, boy, it's an amazing opportunity. So that's coming up today. Live lunch will be done by Yossi Zweig, starting at 11 a.m. Eastern time. And uh, if you can't listen, uh, on your computer, don't forget you have the NSN app. The NSN Nahum Single Network app is amazing. Gives you a chance to comment on everything that's happening. I want to thank those who have already commented this morning on our app, by the way. Including a listener in Atlanta, Georgia. Thank you, Atlanta, for checking in. Woo. And, um also gives you an opportunity to check out all the archives from all of the great programming that we do at the Nahum Single Network. Here's Baruch Levine. <laughs>
1: Shiru, Shiru, La Belle, Shiru, Shiru, La. (laughs) davanim shiru 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 She rushes, she rushes, she rushes, she rushes, she Rushi she rushes, Vi
0: Great one from the Diaspora, Sim Shalom. Wednesday morning, Rosh Chodesh Shvat, Leif Tahar, Had Shirul Amelach, Baruch Levine, <clears throat> and Shei Baneh. To open up those three, J.M. and the A.M. coming up at 9 o'clock, Beyond Milk and Honey, <clears throat> I'll speak with the sports rabbi, Josh Halleckman. The sports rabbi has plenty to say about sports, and he's got plenty to say about traveling to Israel in a unique sports experience, which is coming up in March. i will discuss that with me starting at 9 o'clock this morning. Make sure to be tuned in all day long to our stream at jmm.org, the, the NSN app, another great way to listen into everything happening on our live stream from anywhere around the world. You can comment on that app, um, and uh, we'll see it during the program uh on which you comment. So we encourage that. We encourage all kinds of participation, that's for sure. Ten minutes before 9 o'clock, it's JM in the AM on this Rosh Chodesh with 27 degrees, cloudy skies. High temperature of 36. Uh, Yerushalayim right now at 66. We're at 27 degrees here at JM in the AM. And we continue with the Chaim David in this classic at JM in the AM.
1: Yeah, mama to it down Ya mama ya yeah, mama, yeah, mama. Yeah, mama. Yeah, mama. Ya mamá, ya mamá, ya mamá, ya mamá, ya mamá, Ma maia, ma ma ba ba Yamamaya, yeah, yeah. yeah, yamaya, yeah, yeah,
2: Hit it all be-
0: My brothers and sisters in Israel, we are with you. It's your favorite America's one and only Jewish moments in the morning radio program. Heard them listen to a sponsor, WFMU, E-Star, WMFU, Mount Hope. Rockland County at 91.9 on the FM dial. Broadcasting live from the Sonia and Robert Gold Studios in Jersey City, New Jersey. Around the world in the web. JM and the AM.org. Wraps up a great Wednesday edition here at JMM. Tomorrow, plenty more starting at 6 a.m. Stay with us on the stream all day long at jmm.org, and have a fabulous Wednesday. Till tomorrow, Nachum Segal, reminding you: remember the past, live the present, and trust the future.